up to me and they say, you ready? And I said, the check is in the mail. <laughs> Welcome to Bonehead, you guys. So let's start off with our topic real quick is road movies. But sadly, an actor passed today who was in one of the best road movies of all time. Yeah, and I feel like we were responsible. Just like we were responsible for Dick Miller's death. I don't think we're responsible, but Jared Greer killed Burt Reynolds <laughs> and Alan Thicke. And yeah. I'll tell you the whole story for 350. Just letting you know. Find me at a convention and I'll tell you how Jared Greer killed Burt Reynolds and Alan Thicke. I don't think we killed Charles Groden, or as his friends called him. I don't know. I don't. Rat, I, they he, called him Rat Bastard because he was rat, always so grumpy. <laughs> rat Bastard. They called him Mister Groden. Even his own. Let's start that rumor. Everybody had to refer to him as Mister Groden, or he would kill them. I'll be honest with you. I wish it's just proving that we're getting older, because when they said he was eighty-six, I'm like, damn it, he's eighty-six. He when did he get that old? Yeah. Yeah. But he uh, he looked like he was 50 in the early 80s. Yeah. So, when you were watching him, he was our age. Yeah. So, yeah, let that sink in. But, for but, but yeah, in honor of Charles Grodin's death, we are talking about road movies. And, <laughs> and Midnight Run is one of the ultimate road movies. It is. Of- it's a fantastic picture that I didn't discover till I was older, actually. I mean, it was rated R and it came out in the 80s, but it's him and Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro runs after, he's a bounty hunter, right? For escaped uh, criminals. Joey Pants is in there, right? Joey Pantalone. Yeah, Joey Pantalone. It's kind of, and and it's a weird dynamic simply because you have two straight men. Right. and, And just by default, Robert De Niro is the comedic relief in that movie. It is bizarre. I know. Everybody goes, what, what was the movie? Was the meet, not the Fokker movie, but meet the parents. It's like, who knew Robert De Niro could be funny? He's like, son of a bitch. It's been bitch. 20, 15 years ago. Had they never seen the king of comedy? Yeah, no offense. Dude's, dude's talented. Yeah, he can do comedy. You should see him juggle. But that's a Martin Brest film, Midnight Run. Check it out. I actually didn't bother to see if it was streaming anywhere, but not if you have it, that's it's it's a great Charles Grodin film. And one of my other favorite Charles Grodin performances is actually a Clifford. Movie. No, I've never seen Clifford. <laughs> Seems like the Guns of Will Sonnet. It's the Guns of Will Sonnet, right? I'm actually going to say it's a personal favorite because I watched it with my mom when I was young. Seems like old times with Goldie Hawn and Chevy Chase. That's a good one. Yeah. Aurora's chicken pepperoni. What? How about Rosemary's Baby? Yeah, I forgot he was in Rosemary's Baby, to be honest about it, till I was reading. Who is he in Rosemary's Baby? He's the the doctor. He's the doctor. Isn't he your OBGYN? Yes, he's Dr. Hill. Holy God, I don't remember that. He was, after that, uh, Dr. Over the Hill for a while, and now he's Dr. Under the Hill. Oddly enough, here's a quick story. He was friends with Elaine May, and Elaine May is the one that wrote The Heartbreak Kid and got him cast, and and he says that his movie career is because of her. But she was, uh, and most people, people our age, much less people younger than us, don't remember. It It was Nichols and May, right? Mike Nichols, who became a big filmmaker, director of theatrical and movies. And he was actually one of the people who auditioned for the graduate, but he failed at it because he refused to learn 30 pages of dialogue. 
<laughs> so can you imagine Charles Grodin as the graduate? No, but I can I can picture him. I'm not remembering memorizing that. <laughs> yeah, I can I can th- I can see him doing that as well. And apparently, yeah. he made such a he was actually Mike Nichols' uh, catch twenty two. who made an impact on him about telling him he wasn't going. To, that's how the story goes. When I was looking yeah. at it today, so let's go on to road. Movies. Oddly enough, well, though, he handled the huge script that was Beethoven. Like and just salt of Beethoven. And real quick, though, I do since before we move on to road trip movies, I do want to have uh, Joe mentioned uh, that movie. I do want to mention that he also had a memorable impact on me as in the couch trip, as yep. well as um, uh, oh crap, I'm blinking, I'm blinking. I loved oh crap, oh crap, I'm blinking, I'm blinking. That is an underrated oh, film. Please sorry. tell us the plot of Oh Crap, Oh Crap, I'm Blanking, I'm Blanking for our listeners. And ladies and gentlemen, this is why I can't uh, wing it. I have to have things written down. Uh, no, uh, he had a very bit role, but his role in So I Married an Axe Murderer. I don't remember him being in So I Married an He's in it for about all of five minutes where he, they try, where, the, where Anthony LaPeglia tries to commandeer his car. Which I talked about in old not which I talked about Anthony in the last episode of he's an underrated character actor that no he one is. talks about anymore. He is, and uh, but there's the, just that 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 one moment in that movie makes it worth it just to see Charles Grodin refuse to give up his car to a policeman. So, plus <laughs> any anybody that does a film called The Grass Is Always Greener Over the Septic Tank is 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 aces in my book. So, so real quick, oh Lord, I've got something beeping here. So real quick, let's define a road movie because I was asking someone today and I want to talk about, so it's hard because there's so many definitions, Joe. Right. So here's what I want to lay down the definition and you guys, and you feel free to argue with me. What we're going to say is, and this is a little history for some of you all, Bob Hope and Bing Crosby did movies called road movies. They were literally called road movies as a road to Singapore, the road to Hong Kong. The one that I'm going to talk about in a few minutes, which is my favorite one and what a lot of lists is actually it's on a lot of people's favorite list too, it has Anthony Quinn in it. But those I feel are the quintessential road movies. By the way, for our younger we say audience, Bob movie. Hope and Bing Crosby were actors, but you probably are familiar more with that shtick being represented by uh, Stewie and Brian Griffin in a series of uh, family guy episodes where they do things like the road to Rhode island the road to yep. england the road to that is the shtick that they're making fun of they even do the songs yep. you and i are so totally different that is all an homage matter of fact yep. if you don't know this about seth mcfarland he's a huge fan of crosby and all that uh, uh sinatra yeah, and, and sinatra but originally quagmire was basically his update to bob hope Yep. The, the the woman lusting thing was added later on but originally the first couple of episodes you can kind of see it a little bit more he's doing a lot of allusions to bob hope through quagmire yep. especially oh, the see. chin that's a yep. good so, example so i do gotta I, i'm gonna disagree with you a little bit in terms of that may be the quintessential comedy road movie but road movies across several genres and no just the road i yeah. laughed Okay. Well, you're. Going. I disagree with you. I just uh, like saying the road. It's a joke. Go on okay. with it. No, but um, road road movies can 
in my terms of road movies are road movies that where it's literally traveling the whole movie from one place all the way to no james the road is not a road movie that's what i just said the road no it's not a road movie we cried another one that's on a list that i thought was interesting was stagecoach oh i didn't see that one on a list you know, I was say, but, but I, I, go ahead with your definition, Chad, because I'm no, I'm, I'm literally that is my definition. It's a movie that takes place, people have to travel from point A to point B, so and the road it's all is the adventures one. in between. That's like, right. you know, it would be the road, the road one, is one then. One problem I had with the road movie definition, and I, and everybody's going to disagree with me, and that's fine, is Dumb and Dumber shows up on a lot of lists, and I never really considered it a road movie. because only a small from one destination to the next. Exactly, but only a small portion of the movie is on the road. Like, the whole last act, they are at the the, uh, the resort. They're not traveling. So they have so to have, have three acts of traveling. So you kind of, and then the... Right out. So yeah, you and have and a I, Kerouac definition of, of road movies. Basically, yeah. They literally be on the road. And so when, when, Indiana when I, Jones films are not road movies because even though travel is involved, it's not the focus. I mean, there's those cool scenes with the dotted line and the plane, which to make it a plane movie. Yeah. But so I, I kind of understand what you're saying because I don't consider, even though Indiana Jones films, every single one of them involve travel. He has to go, blah, blah, blah. He has to go. But those aren't road movies to me. So I kind of understand what you're saying, Chad. Yeah. And I just, I, and now so I feel my, ill. So the ones on my. <laughs> So the ones on my list don't fit that category. And because for the most part, it is literally the whole movie is them on the road. And then of course you have the beginning setting up the trip. And then the end you have the, the resolution, but for the most part, they are on the road. And, and by the way, and it is, a, this is a legit road movie, but I refuse to put it on my list over the top. It appears on a couple of lists. And I was like, Oh, it, that's a road movie. I haven't seen it in forever. Dude. Well, your definition of third act is them just arm wrestling, though. Yeah, that's all. By your definition, it wouldn't be a road movie. Then there you go. Because I I had a hard time, but then I realized they were traveling. But at the same time, the focus wasn't on the 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 locations. It was just they're on the road dealing with each other. But I mean, technically, I guess it could be. But you're right. The whole last act is they've They've already there. He's already got the kid there. Yeah, I'm almost positive the last third of that movie is just him arm wrestling, right? Yeah, it is. It is. It's all him arm wrestling. And then he had to leave the son and then the son gets back to him. That's it. I mean, sorry, everybody. Spoilers. What? What? They haven't seen over the time. I actually haven't seen it since I was a kid. I've seen it more recently than that. But I have to. It's no rhinestone. No. Um. By the way, I, 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 as I was prepping for this, and I'm, I'll be honest, I'm a spoiler, I had to break away from movie some. I'm going to talk about books. That is actually, I didn't want to talk about The Road, but I wanted to pull The Road just as a prop. God, I hate that movie. Anyway. <laughs> it's also a book, like the, road. Chad, the book came first. Okay, well, let me rephrase that. I don't hate it. I, I admire for what it was. It's a one-off. I'll never watch that movie again. Well, I mean, the book, I've read the book twice. Yeah. It's, it's you, you, the book, actually, I, my, my, my understanding, I have not seen the film because I honestly, it's one of those where, and I'm not a book snob, but there's no way, even though I look at the cast, I'm like, God, that looks like a great cast. I don't think you can live up to the book. 
I just don't. I, I, I don't. I don't. It's, it's going to take somebody really trying. Somebody that's read the book would have to then look at it and say, well, the movie does this and it makes it different. From my understanding, the, the, the mother's in the book a little bit or in the movie more. Slightly, though. Slightly, not. It's, it's, it's she very ever shown? It's the argument. Yeah, but it's yeah, the argument she, that she, I think a lot the book, of the uh, In the movie more than the book. But so I'm going to talk a little bit about road fiction. So I'm going to I'm going to stick to our pop our our pop culture. I'm going to broaden it a little bit. Well, you go but, first, James. Uh, well, okay. I'm oh yeah, Joe. About... Good, good, good plan. Start with the book first. <laughs> this is yeah, where they're wrong with books. Aren't we supposed to be? You know, we're interviewing authors soon. Why don't you just alienate every guest I'm trying to get, Chad? Way to go, Chief. Hey, I'll, I I appreciate how you're working on your ego, James. That's awesome, man. <laughs> Building yourself up, thinking that they'll actually check out the show before they come on. Actually, a couple. Uh, it's happened. So oh, it's I just, know it's happened. Normally, they just reach out to the people who've been on that they know. But yes, it yeah. has happened. Um, and every no, once in a while, somebody about, listen to it. I, I made a Kerouac reference earlier, and I'm not going to talk about on the road. Uh, if well, you let never me read on the road probably should read are you doing your vape again are you vaping <laughs> i'm trying to talk here chad are you vaping gotta get those gotta get those tobacco dollars <laughs> james anyway, put your teeth in your mouth what's your next i'm point? not gonna talk about on the road because i think people talk about it too much and i like Kerouac. i like kerouac and knickknack kerouac give a dog a bone I just listened to The Haunted Life, which was his lost novel, in that he actually lost it and they found it and it sold at auction and then they published it. But I just I just finished Was every it. page was every page just boom. It's it's actually about um the gen he wrote it because two of his friends and the reason Kerouac became like he was was a lot of his friends died in the war. And it's the, it's called the Haunted Life because which it's, one? It, um well uh World War Two was a big one that impacted his generation um and so a lot of his friends died in the war and not 1812 the haunted life was actually going to be his first novel he was writing it and it's actually a much more linear novel than on the road um and it's basically Every about time you family. say on the road now that i want to go said, on the road again i can't imagine said, why i argue there's on the road there's fear and loathing in Las Vegas, but I've mentioned this before, but I've actually, I'm actually going to show it. Divine Rights Trip is a road. Nobody's made this into a movie yet, which is a shame because you could put uh, a rock You in. have kissed Gurney Norman's ass for the 20 you years the I've book? known you. No. no. Then you need to shut up uh, because this book. <laughs> but I, may, I may share an office building with him. Uh, well, yeah. This book, though, is it's set in the dawn of the 60s. So it's a nice centerpiece between On the Road and Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. It's set right in the middle. I would argue these are the books that could be a trilogy written by different authors. Divine Rights Trip is kind of a story about St. George versus the Dragon. For those that know that. Yes, Chad, did you have a question, Buttercup? I didn't want to. Nah, sweet cheeks. I'm good. Okay, thank you. I was hold trying to, on. I don't know if I'm you... going to interrupt you. By Chad's definition, we also could not have Fear and Loathing as a road movie either. I agree, but or a story. There's not enough of it on the road. I agree. It's set a lot in Las Vegas. That's why it's Fear now, and Now, people out there who are Hunter Thompson fans, I said by Chad Chad's Jennings' definition. Definition by Chad. You can mail yeah. him at and send your hate mail to. But if you've never read Divine Rights Trip, it is really, it's a story about a guy in a Volkswagen bus 
uh, started the drug culture, he may be stoned a lot. And he picks up a hitchhiker. And that's just the beginning. They start driving across country because he, that's why it's called Divine Right is the name of the character or the name he goes by, we'll say. It's not his actual mm-hmm. name, but he goes by Divine Right and it's Divine Right's trip. And so he picks up this kid and he realizes that the kid has blue eyes, but the kid also is stoned. So he realizes his eyes are red, white, and blue. It's commentary on America. It's commentary on where they're going, what's going on. And uh, Mick Strawn, I mentioned this in a previous episode. Mick Strong was like, wasn't that originally published in the side column? And it was published over like 40 issues. Of, yes. It, back in the day, the, the whole Earth catalog was this kind of alternative press for publication. For Mick Strong, while he smoked pot and listened to his Grateful Dead albums. Yeah, basically. Uh, and it, it would t- they, they would basically do a syndicated kind of column, but it was on the side. And eventually, if you bought enough issues, you'd get the complete story. And that's where Divine Rights Trip first popped up. Um, I'm not the only one that thinks this is an overlooked book. If you're familiar with authors, uh, John Updike writing for the New Yorker said this should, should have been a book that was more read, John Deck. Uh, Ed McLennan, McLean, I can't never can't say that right. But anyway, Rolling Stone, known for writing for Rolling Stone, is, is another person who said this book should have caught on. On the cover of the Rolling Stone. That would be, of course. Rolling uh, Stone. Picture on the I prefer, by the way, the more classic but completely inappropriate freaking at the freakers ball, y'all. Yeah, but that doesn't, we're not, we're talking about the Rolling Stone. No, no, I, well, yes, but anyway, it is. And so it's basically the adventures of a guy on a bus finding America, for lack of a better term, finding himself, finding everything else. That same thing that you see in Easy Rider and everything else, except in a Volkswagen bus. The cover art I also love because since it is kind of a version of St. George and the Dragon. You have the dragon circling the VW bus. It's great artwork for the cover. But if you've never read it, I actually do recommend it. It is just a really engaging kind of where was America at this time. So Divine Rights Trip, as we talk about road pop culture. Wrap it up. There you just go. like your Divine penis. Well, this right, one's Joe. used more. All right, so... There, there is a couple, uh, and I, man, I'd love to talk about Easy Rider, but I feel like I've talked about Easy Rider on here quite a bit. I'm actually going to talk about my favorite, and James nailed it. If you don't understand what a road, Bob Hope, Bing Crosby road movie is, it is very easy to watch one of those Family Guy episodes where Brian and Stewie are on the road. He's right. That, that's, that, that is total knockoff that probably yep. 80 or 90% of people have no idea. But my favorite one was The Road to Morocco. It's actually the third. It's made in 1942 of the road movies. Dorothy Lamar was an actress who starred in a couple of these, and she actually sent later that the boys ad-libbed lines so much that she'd often not know when to say her lines since they didn't give her any cue. She was never in on the jokes. I find that hilarious. Anyway, Anthony it is to us. I'm sure to her it was. Oh, a I nightmare. don't think she was happy at all. I mean, similarly, Sally Fields talks about working with Robin Williams, and everybody's like, "It must have been great." And her response was, "Yeah, it was, except yeah, he just didn't stop." So, Road to Morocco, two carefree castaways. They're always two lovable losers. They're always getting into some sort of trouble. And they wind up on a desert shore in the Arabian Nights city where they compete for the luscious Princess Shalmar. Now, some of this is a little bit of, uh, well, it doesn't quite play the same way today. Some of them is walking above me on the roof. But Anthony Quinn, if you don't know who that is, was the villain. He is Molay Kasem. And 
also Zeus. He's also Zeus, and this isn't the first time he played someone from the Middle East. The <clears throat> issue is, as I can see, pretty sure he played. Too. I'm sure he played every ethnicity. <laughs> yes, that's true. What's the one and only the lonely? He's Greek and only the lonely, right? Only and then he's the Spanish and, and walk in the clouds. So, of course. I probably he's probably like me. He's like, I, hey, I got cast, <laughs> right? That was it. Got paid. Anyway, where's, the, where's the paycheck? Right. So, Road to Morocco is my favorite one. If you've never seen it, it's fairly easy to find. It's on Prime. You can pay, but I think it's on a couple of other services. Wink, wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. Check out one of them. They're not overly long. A couple of them are eighty minutes. I can't remember. I think it's the Road to Hong Kong. Even has a of a special guest star from a crooner of the time who was also famous that maybe James mentioned earlier. But this one is, like I said, one that shows up on a lot of lists. They will get into something. Bob Hope makes a quip and Bing Crosby eventually sings. I brought summing up. You're watching it for those things. If you're thinking about plot, how great this movie just speeds along, that's not for you. If you want a goofy little movie, that influenced many, many films to come, whether they even know that it influenced them or not, then this is for you. Also, I think it was nominated for two Academy Awards, one for the script and one for set design. So check out Road to Morocco to understand where road movies originated. Chad. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was just trying to find the, yep, he did play an Asian person in East of Sumatra. Anthony Quinn. So yeah, I'm pretty sure he's he covered Sumatra, west of Leslie County. <laughs> he covered every ethnicity. Um, That's where you get the rat monkeys. All right, I'm going obscure on on mine. I, I, I put together a big list, and the ones I can't cover, I'll cover it at um, at the end. But I really wanted to go obscure, and this is one that I've been wanting to mention. So let's let's say you combine a road movie with the apocalypse. You add music. It's called The Road. And then you add a quest to become the king of rock and roll. Six string samurai. <laughs> um, that is a true road movie. <laughs> it is a very low budget. It only made $119,000. <laughs> But that guy shot to overnight stardom. Yeah, because of, of that it, movie. Yeah, because of this movie. And if I'm not mistaken, this was his only movie. That's not right. He directed, Is it not right? No, he directed the fourth Crow movie that everyone hates. With David Boreanaz. I, I, that was, he leapt to overnight. So in the 90s, kids, you could make a low-budget film, get a name for yourself, and somehow secure your next movie. Now you, I don't know if you can do this anymore. Now you just go to Netflix and do a ten a ten episode limited series. Yeah. But back in the nineties, you could do something really unique, really different, and get into Merrimax and a couple of these other smaller companies and do a movie. And he ended up directing. I think it's Wicked Angel. Is that the name of the fourth crow? I think it's isn't it? I thought it was Wicked Prayers or something. It's Wicked like that. Prayer, Wicked Angel. It's 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 got David Boreanaz in it. So yeah, that's what was his next, and I don't know that he worked after that, but I'd have to Google it. He uh, can we he make directed a movie, a movie called Wicked Prayers to Wicked Angels? I think I, I think we could sell that. I don't have a plot, but we could sell it on that title. 
I'd sell that shit now. Uh, he's or probably getting prayers to blessed angels, something like that. We could work on that. Yeah. Uh, he uh, directed in 2019. He also directed a movie called Third Eye Spies. But uh, no, uh, Six String Samurai, it is a very low budget, obscure movie from the um, late 90s. I believe it's 98. Uh, but yeah, it's all about this guy who looks an awful lot like Buddy Holly, who uh, it takes place after World War III. The world's a way, an apocalyptic wasteland. And he is trying to head to Las Vegas uh, to grab the crown of king because Elvis Presley has died. And it's all about him running into various misadventures. He picks up a child who becomes his kind of like sidekick throughout the movie. Uh, but he, he fights Russians. He fights uh, uh, cannibals, mutants, uh, some guy who looks like death, but it very, looks very similar to Slash from Act, uh, Guns N' Roses. It is worth a watch if you can find it. I believe it is pretty hard to find right it's on now. Amazon says. Is it on Amazon right now? Great. Well, so that's yeah, what IMDb you, says. If you have Amazon and it's on there, check it out. It's where it's about an hour and twenty minutes. It's it's a it's an easy view and and just enjoy the oddity that is Six String Samurai. But uh, yeah, it is a road trip movie because it never leaves the road. You know, Crowed Wicked Prayer was the last. Uh, the rest of them, his movies or documentaries. Yeah, he did something with the Cam uh, James Cameron on one of his uh, ocean movies, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, um, yeah, that's all I have to say about it. If you, if you want to see, if you want to check it out, do there's not I couldn't find a lot of research on it, but uh, it's one of those movies that uh, when I was a kid and teenager in high school, my friends talked about it. We could never find it, and then I found it one day on a cable channel, and then it disappeared again until it came back on on streaming services a few years ago. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's just one of those forgotten oddities from the late nineties. It is weird. I, it's one of those that a lot of people like Chad and I love that I never connected to when I finally saw it. So I, I wonder how I'd feel about it now because I didn't care for it. When I My there. guess is you still wouldn't care for it. So yeah, I really don't think you'd care for it. It's a little, it is a little odd and, and the action scenes are very choppy at best, but yeah, yeah, it you know, a lot of people our age liked it. Yeah, because we were always you know, at at the time when it came out, if you were if you were really into movies as a cinephile, whatever you want to call us, we looked for those rare oddities because we couldn't find them easily like you can on streaming services now. You had to find a video store that had it. And that was rare. So I mean, if you found a copy, you were like holding the holy grail. And it had something extra special. And 20 years before us, they didn't even have video stores. So there you go. Those people were fucked until it came around on like million dollar movie. If they happen to live on in a city at and, 2 a.m. And then I'll piss James off. And of course, because of VHS stores and, 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 and another show, uh, we, we also were subjected to movies like Manos, Hands of Fate. But, you know, I digress. <laughs> that, that, that's not a road movie. It all takes no. place in one location. There is a car in it, but only briefly, and it's looped for about four to seven minutes. In a yeah. Uh, James, what do you? What's your second one, man? It's Mano Santa. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I'm going to talk about. I'm going to do another book, just simply because I do. I do think we need to. Stick you know, to we can't read. Culture highlight some stuff that uh, doesn't get much attention. I'm just going to read uh, a review of this real quick, just the first paragraph of a review. In one of the most stunning debuts to come along in years, reminiscent, 
of Philip K. Dick's best work and P.D. James's classic, The Children of Men, David Oppegaard gives us a world whose near future presents some terrifying realities. I mentioned this before when we talked about plagues. It was the first plague thing I talked about. The book is Suicide Collectors. That's the cover. It's got some glare from my screen on it. Wait, are you talking about books for all of your picks, James? Probably not. Okay. I'm winging it. But this is a cross-country horror sad it's but it's effective it stuck with me when i when we when i talked about the plague that's in it for the plagues episode we we did the reason i it it came to mind for plagues is because it's such a tragic illness that's in this um but it is also a horrific road movie in its own right a road story because it starts in florida and they have to get out west they have to make it to california to try to figure out the origins of this of what's called the despair and so it's all about and and people are committing suicide and then you never know when it's going to hit you when you're going to have the urge to just off yourself and so they have to find a way knowing that at any given time and it does happen a couple times in the book where somebody is with them and then all of a sudden just stops and finds a way to kill themselves and it's it's a journey across country with all of that in the background and the guys having to reflect on why does he keep going because that's one of the things that the book kind of plays with is how do you know if you're ill with this illness, this, this, they call it the despair, or how do you just know, not know if you're just tired of having to watch everybody die. So where can I watch this book? Uh, you, it's, it's, it's in, called uh, the happening. It's no, it is not. <laughs> this book is, it's really effective. I didn't care for do, the happening, James. If you do like children of men, which I know Joe hates, I remember that time. When can I, watch, Joe went can I off watch this for book? Hours for hours about how much he hated children of men, and we were I like, Joe, it's an okay, it's an okay story." James, you son of a bitch! We were talking about road movies, and I was counting until Joe was like, "Is Joe going to mention children of men? Is Joe going to mention children of men?" And <laughs> I no, can't. In the third <laughs> act, they're fighting in one place. You won't let me mention it. <laughs> oh, you're banned. I was like, "Shit! Oh my god, they're going to shoot each other. They haven't moved for ten minutes. It's off Chad's list." Keep going. Suicide Collectors. Suicide Collectors. It it is, if you like horror, if you like road movies or want to experience a horror, 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 horror. Terror Um, pictures, buddy. Call them terror pictures. But I mean, especially if you, if COVID's got to you and you're like, ah, could it be worse? It can. Check out Suicide Collectors. It is a journey across America in a plague time. Uh, it's not like the stand. It's not like that per se, but it is very, there's parts of it that are very dark, very sad, but it's really effective at, at this idea of how do you get from here to there with everything else happening. And so in that way, it is like a road journey. It is, and it's, it's worth your time to read it. It's not overly long. It's just 4,000 pages. No. Uh, uh, by the way, for our audio listeners, yes, James is holding up the book through the entire time he's talking and pointing at it well that's because because he wants to make sure you people on the podcast who listen know that he's holding this book chad (laughs) one of the ways we could get views is something called book talks audio Uh, listeners he is still holding the book and so when you do a book talk and there's some people that do this i've I've recorded a couple that i thought uploading to bonehead and i've talked myself out of it but i'm going to eventually just do it anyway but it's a nice way to actually is now tapping the book yeah look (laughs) Now what am I doing, Chad? He is. Oh, my. Anyway, uh, 
so yeah definitely if you if you're looking for road fiction check out suicide like if you like dark fiction uh what was the, the term we talked about dark fan if you like dark fantasy i guess we're not supposed to say horror anymore if you like dark fantasy and now and he is holding the fiction. book up again folks <laughs> All right, so I'm moving what along. Doubt, Chad. What am I doing now? <laughs> moving along. 2006 was a great year. I wasn't going to bring this up till Chad reminded me that Children of Men came oh, in 2006. And what I loved about 2006 is that it gave me three movies that I absolutely adore. One of them was Pan's Labyrinth. What it's a fantastic a picture. Children of Men, I wish I could talk about it on here, but two-thirds of it, they're walking around, and a third of it, they decided to stop and shoot folks and listen to a baby cry. Got no damn say, reason and, why. And you've got to remember, there's that entire scene where they're not in a car at all, Yeah, Michael Caine's yeah. letting her smoke pot. And Michael Caine's sitting there smoking pot, pot and then making that's fart not, jokes. That's not a road picture. That's not a road picture. Can't yeah, talk about it. They're sitting still, and she's smoking. And she coughs and it tastes like strawberries, right? Right, I absolutely. That and that's that's not they're not, that's in a, not car. a road picture. You can't smoke pot in a road picture, according to Chad. Now, hey, these are Chad's rules. So thank God that 2006 gave me the other movie that I absolutely adore. I actually haven't watched it in a while. And it's written by Academy Award winner Michael Arndt. I'm talking about Little Miss Sunshine. All you know, right. guys, I've never seen it. That's a good one. I, that, I was going to actually, I'm, I'm unmuted for you never seen that, Miss Sunshine. That's I've never seen it. I've never one. had access to it. I need to go rent it. I, it's you know, one of those movies that I know I would I have it. It's sitting right over there. Well, I don't know if I have it or not. Actually, I thought I did. Get, get, it's right get next to your copy to, of the fog. Probably. Get you to a blockbuster and Steve, rent that picture. It's a great movie and, and you can, it's actually on some streaming. I'll tell you later, yeah. but it's directed by Jonathan Dayton and Valerie Ferris. A, 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 a team that would go on to make another movie I actually kind of liked uh, about um, Billie Jean King and which also starred Steve Carell but it's got Steve Carell Tony Collette Greg Kinnear and it launched the career of uh, Alan Arkin Abigail Breslin and I thought at the time Abigail Breslin who did they find this where did they find this little girl she's absolutely magical to watch and Alan Arkin won a, his last best, well, he, I mean, he's not dead yet, but he won Best Supporting Actor for this movie as the heroin-addicted grandfather, right, James? So basically, it's a family that have got to get little Violet to the finals of his beauty pageant, and they take a cross-country trip in their VW bus, and Steve Carell plays the brother who, who is a professor like James and is also depressed like James. He's also post- uh, attempted suicide like James and he's trying to get it all back together because he lost his his lover like James uh, he never lost me correct. I and I hate to be this guy Joe but that actually uh, she she had done some movies before that that were pretty oh big. it's okay but I hadn't seen any of them so never saw signs? Steve Carell has lost I thought you liked lover. signs huh She's a little girl. On oh, she's signs. a little girl. On si I didn't know that. Yes, yeah, Joe. Signs, signs, everywhere. everywhere signs. Signs. No, 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 no. We're not allowed to talk about Mel Gibson. Or can we talk about Joaquin again? I can't remember. It's off and on again. So back to it. They're going across country. Greg Kinnear's the dad. He's wrote in some bullshit book that he's trying to get published about self-help, which by the way, if you ever talk to me on a side note i can give you my two cents about self-help and the wonderful tony collette is the mom trying to keep it all together yeah I'll let joe talk to you about masturbation well it's really that's not self-help that's just 
it's literally masturbation and paul dano is the son who refuses to talk because he's trying to i'm pretty sure masturbation is a huge definition of self-help well it depends on how you're doing it i'm glad you're doing it successfully back to alan arkin plays their he's great stand-up guys james what do you father. think stand-up guys or the role in uh, the muppets oh I, I think you can do both yeah yeah i think so too alan arkin's good so <laughs> alan arkin the russians are coming and <laughs> At the end of it, once she finally is able to do her little dance, little song for the beauty pageant, it's one of those things that kills the house. I, I literally, there were, that year, 2006, was a fantastic time for it. Chad has taken his earplugs down. He is done watching. He is done listening. James is left. So I will go ahead now and shut up because the other two I, no, are fantastic I was, at this. I, I was just, Who's uh, next? I was just doing stuff. <laughs> um all right i'll go so uh the 80s and early 90s was rife with road movies in terms of not necessarily comedy but drama road movies and mo majority of them are not good and honestly uh this one uh the lead actor has called it a piece of shit that he wished he didn't ex that didn't exist and he was never and he was terrible in let me rephrase that a piece of shit that he wishes didn't exist and that he was terrible in I am, of course, talking about Three for the Road with Charlie Sheen, Alan Ruck, and Carrie Green. That, that's the one? That's the one. <laughs> Have you seen it? Yes. It's, it's not. I, I'm 43 so, years old. I grew up in the 80s. Yes, I saw it. I have not road. seen it since the 80s, but it, it's one of those movies that, that stuck with me. The plot sort of sticks with me. Also, I had a crush on Carrie Green when I was a kid. You so could have just did the Wraith. Or yeah, it's not drive long enough. It's not a road movie. It's just it's not traveling. They're in the town. Well, the, you, that's because it's not told from the point of view of the car. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. The cars um, all the time. Yeah, no, uh, it is. I don't believe this one is very highly re, <laughs> highly rated, and uh, its release date is based on the date it was released in the Philippines. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, it was uh, directed by Bill Norton. Uh, do you know who Bill Norton is, Joe? Old man Norton's son. He directed no. Convoy, Joe. Convoy? He directed Convoy. Convoy is directed take by Convoy. Stan Peckinpah. Stan, uh, it's directed by Sam Peckinpah. Oh, sorry. He was the, I'm sorry. He was the writer of Convoy, not the director of Convoy. I apologize. That was my C.W. McCall fault. sang Convoy. No, uh, this guy. Uh, this guy directed a lot of TV, um, uh, and Three for the Road was probably his uh, his big hit, as it were. Uh, he directed episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Tour of Duty. I could go on. Cisco Pike was his other major link, uh, feature length film. Uh, but no, Three for the Road. All it is is it. And real quick, it's about a political aide uh, who's aspiring to get his career on. He's a straightforward career. And uh, he's working for this sleazy politician and this politician tasked him with getting his daughter to an institution because she is out of control. And then he brings along his uh, friend who's, uh, you know, kind of shy, introverted, played by Alan Ruck. You should know him more from uh, Ferris Bueller Day Off, you know. Uh, no, he's the captain of the Enterprise B. <laughs> Was he shy? Uh, in he's not. He's a storm chaser and twister. Oh, he's also uh, uh, oh, Spin City. I don't have a joke for this. Anyway, 
Uh, but no, I don't, I don't have a lot to talk about it, but I just remember loving it as a kid because it was one of those road films where a lot of stuff happens. There's a, uh, and it, it drew on me and I haven't watched it since a kid, since I was a kid and I want to watch it. Now I know probably if I watch it as an adult, I'll go, this is a piece of shit. But it had, it was one of those movies that impacted me when I was a kid. There's another road movie that I'll, I'll do an honorable mention on from the early nineties that also had that impact on me. And honestly, these types of movies is just me being personal here. It's what inspired me to, when I wrote my first screenplay, I, that's what I wrote. I wrote a road movie and it was based on movies like this that I watched as a kid. So did it have Alan Rock in it? No, no, he's too, he was too old by then. He was Spin City by that, by the, that, that point. That was the so. problem. He got, I had to put Alan Ruck in that. You got a green light. <laughs> Alan Ruck green lights pictures. I hope Alan Ruck somehow hears about this and calls us and tells us to stop name dropping Alan Ruck. Because yeah. Alan Ruck could, would do that. Alan Ruck would say, will you stop name dropping Alan Ruck? And Alan Ruck, we'd listen to you. And by the way, he's feel free to come on the show and just, just, just verbally abuse us. I mean, it had a killer cast too. It had Raymond J. Barry. It had, it had James, James Avery for God's sakes. Charlie Sheen would have rather been drunk in a ditch. Which he was, let's face it during. Yeah. Let's face it. He was during this movie. (laughs) He was probably already drunk in a ditch, but yeah. Um, some reviews give it five, a lot of high reviews, but I'm sure those people are wrong. <laughs> but I haven't I, seen it in a long time. I but yeah, that's one I can't imagine aged well. No, I'm sure it didn't. And then, like I said, it's the the 80s and 90s, early 90s. A lot during the 80s had these types of road movies. I mean, we were rife with them, at, and I had to bring up one just because. And this was the one that I had to bring up was Three for the Road. Got it. All right, James. Do you have a movie? Is there something I can watch? Yes. Well, I, I want to. I'm going to do this. It's kind of an honorable mention, but I want to do it at the start. I want to talk about probably one of the most influential pieces of road fiction uh, that that kids see early on, and it's kind of dark if you think about it. It's about these packs of roving dogs that. Uh, they're kind of equal opportunity. It sounds kind of utopian that there's big dogs and there's little dogs and all this stuff, but they're always trying to get somewhere. And you follow them on this journey until finally they kind of drive all these different places. They wear different outfits. They do all this stuff until finally, Joe, and and, and I want to, spoiler, if you you don't know where this is going. It's not an incredible journey, is it? They finally, Joe, get to the tree. And the dogs get up on top. They do. That's what this is about. It's a road. Oh my God. It's a I've road story. It. Go, dog, go. Now, listen, there's one that's a little bit more darker. If Audio listeners, James it. is holding a book up again. If, if you're ready yes, for it. And this is Beagle dressed as a masked vigilante. Yeah. No, no, like he's Hong in a Kong car, Kong. see? Now, listen, Chad, you may need to hide your eyes. I know you're sensitive. You have a fear of bears. If you're ready for something a little bit darker, another good road fiction bears on wheels now th- these bears are on wheels is that they the bears, bears? yes no. it was when you they were to keep their Seuss. damn religion to themselves no this is the original ones by the husband and wife not their children but bears on wheels they are on wheels and they're going to stack up and this is terrifying you're afraid of one bear coming after you what are you going to do when there's three bears coming after you joe that that's that's a road picture horror right there 
I uh, it depends on the it depends on your definition of bear. Do oh, you really? have a movie now? There's five, Joe. He's five pointing bears. at five bears. I, I, do you have a movie? Yes. If not, I'm growing on without you. It's the Blues Brothers. I know you hate books, but I'm we're supposed to be a pop culture. Books? We're going to, I was just wondering if to, you had something for me to watch. If James going, is a uh, children of men. James, I'm not against books. I'm against commitment. I, I know, but we're supposed to be pop culture. I'm trying to bring in some books here. I read books. Well, anyway, but no, Blues Brothers. I think Blues Brothers is totally a road picture. They, they, they. I, I don't mean, know. That third act, all they do is perform in that concert hall. Yeah, it's a well, road movie. But the car does feature. I mean, the car is a character. There is uh, 20 minutes where they do nothing but do musicals at the end of the movie. Of course, they do go back to drive a little bit more. Yep. Yeah, but there is a big chunk there. They're on a mission. Hey, from God. I don't know. And is it a so? Yeah, no, it's, it's a road musical. Actually, I would argue it's a road musical. Oh, so um, basically, Bob Hope and Bing Crosby. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because they are. You well, know, they are it, two idiots who kind of well, not idiots, but you know, they're two nerdy wells. Well, they're two nerdy wells, and they're they're really. I mean. I wouldn't say idiots is necessarily a, they're brilliant, but they're brilliant in very select ways. Well, they're like they're, 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 they're brilliant narrative wells. They are. Yes. They just happenstance. They are besieged by their fate. Yes. Yeah. They're on a mission from Gad. Gad. Uh, yeah. Gad. Well, I'm on a mission from Gad. Yeah. Uh, and, and by the way, uh, once again, I only saw uh, or, or, or edited for TBS as a kid where they cut out the entire Carrie Fisher subplot. Um, so it's interesting because I was going to bring this up later, but John Landis directed that picture. He also directed Spies Like Us, and Spies Like Us is kind of a throwback to road movies. So much so that Bob Hope comes into the tent with Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd and says, Doctor, 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 glad I'm not sick, which is a road movie joke and it rolls right out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and, but no, Blues Brothers, I think, is just a, you know, the, the actions that take place in the car. Are some of the most memorable the car is in of itself a character i mean if you wanted to really and i say this not jokingly you could probably get away from doing a religious reading quote unquote of that film because it does seem like they are blessed. i mean the car holds up through un- unbearable things and when does it fall apart no, when they reach the, the promised County. land yeah. yeah i mean they're they're promised land which you're right the Cook yeah. yeah, they've got to get the money to the auditor to save the orphanage. And so Blues Brothers is one of my favorite road movies just simply because, and it also has so many great lines, but they do explore America. They have to deal with intolerance in different areas. I hate Illinois Nazis. God, I hate Illinois Nazis. Um, but, you know, they also end up at country, uh, a country western bar. They So it really does capture the diversity you see on the road if you stop at all these different types of No, no, places. I agree with you. It is. I, I do consider that a road movie, yeah. So, I mean, I, I love the Blues Brothers. I uh, I don't have a Blues Brothers costume because I can't find a tie that thin anymore. Um, but but it is, uh, it is one of my favorite films. Um, of all time it really does it kind of influence and i mentioned it for our soundtrack i love the music i love everything about that dan Aykroyd is one of those people that if i ever got to meet i don't know what i'd do because between ghostbusters and blues brothers and uh, nothing but trouble what more could you want from a performer and a talent all right you ready for me 
Yep. All right. Mine really, comes out. You're gonna go with mine. Mine came out the next year, and it, it had a couple of scenes in the movie that taught me that I liked women. I didn't know how, I didn't know why, but it just had an effect on me, even as a young age, going, ah, that's cool looking. Adrian hey, uh, Facts of Life is not uh, not a road movie. What'd you say? Facts of Life is not a road movie. Mm, anyway, Adrian Barbeau and Tara Buckman rolling around in that car. Yep, that's what I'm talking about. One of the greatest casts of all time in a huge turkey that I still enjoy, that I still love, Cannonball Run. Directed by Hal Needham. Written by Brock Yates, although I have no idea what Brock Yates right did. He just write down maybe probably some sort of, I, you know, there couldn't have been much of a screenplay for this piece of shit, right? There couldn't have been. There had to be an outline, some sort of dialogue, and then Hal Needham said, "Hey, hey, Bert, say something funny. Hey, Roger Moore, say something funny." Well, Farrah Fawcett, Dom DeLuise, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr., Jack Elam, Adrian Barbeau, Terry Bradshaw, Jackie. By the Chan. way, guys, is this the first time they had Jackie Chan? Was this his first English film? I think you're. I, th I, think, I, believe I think it is. By, by the way, though, I I, I want to say this out loud. I don't know if anybody else is watching Hanging with Doctor Z. No. Uh, which is Dr. Zayas from it's Dana Gould did it as a web series. You can watch it on YouTube, hanging with Dr. Z. They do an entire episode where it's supposed to be Dr. Z interviewing Dana Gould. And he does an entire line where he goes, you know, what would make you more popular if you would have been in some of those cannonball run outtakes. I'm not in that movie. Yeah. But listen, everybody loves those outtakes. Yeah, they're good, but I wasn't in the movie. You'd be more popular if you were. So much so that they ripped them off later for what uh, 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 Ron, does Anchorman have them? And so does, uh, um, oh crap, why can't I think of the NASCAR one? Oh, uh, Talladega Nights. Talladega Nights. Okay, Bobby and I'm not done. Bobby. Jamie Farr, Peter Fonda, just to name a few. Huge cast, filmed in 36 days. I don't know how he filmed all this shit in 36 days. Yeah, Jackie. it was. It was Jackie Chan's first movie. How Needham's notion of including bloopers in, during the closing credits, Chan began a tradition of doing the same in most of his movies from this point on, by the way. It influenced him. And I didn't realize it was planned as an action movie starring Steve McQueen, but after his death, the lead went to Burt and the movie became a comedy. So I can't picture it as a serious film. I can't either, but also, he, did you know this? Actually, this is the one that made Burt Reynolds the, the highest paid actor in cinema history up until that point. He made $5 million to work four weeks on Cannonball Run. I'd work up to eight for $5 million. I'm, that's the type of guy I am. I did that film for all the wrong reasons. I never liked it. I did it to help out a friend of mine, Hal Needham, and I also felt like it was immoral to turn down that kind of money. I suppose <laughs> it sold out. So I couldn't really object to what people wrote about me. But the book of the stars. Hold on, wait, wait real quick. Gator day. came before that, right? Right, yeah, I know. So Gator, he looked at Gator and went, this, this is good. Cannonball Run, I'm doing it for a first. He did it for the money. I'm pretty sure Smoking the Bandit Part 2 came out in 80. Let me double check this. I, I think he did Smoking the Bandit Part 2 before that. So that seems like a little bit more of a, a sellout than, than the other. What do you all think? A bit. A bit. A bit, yeah. A bit. Smoking the Bandit 2 came out the year before. And by the way, he may have shit on it, but he cashed the check. And you know what he did, boys? started his own theater for a while cannonball right? run two Dude. in 1984 
which uh, I don't think played against Ghostbusters anywhere, but still. No, probably <laughs> not. It's, it's, and it is not a good movie, but it's enjoyable with probably one of the best casts ever that makes no sense. They're driving cross country in something called the Cannonball, and whoever gets there wins x amount of dollars i don't even remember how much the money which is. was a, and and it was a real race create created by the writer of the movie brock yates yeah there you go the cannonball was a real race you got this comedy as a success enough to make a sequel out of it later hal needham and by the way back to james's books hal needham wrote one of my favorite autobiographies he's not a fantastic writer but he has some fantastic stories so i do suggest you check out his autobiography if you're in the filmmaking and you love smoking the bandit i was gonna say and by the way that that i think is a secret to writing and, and other writers uh, i should say writers that are get paid for it because i know uh but i think that's the secret to what's going to make a book great is the story so compelling you'll ignore the flaws or are you so flawless that your writing is so strong that I'm interested in where it's going anyway? Or are you both? And those are the people, by the way, that are phenomenal and, and great and all that stuff. So I know not a great movie, definitely better than the sequel, but check out um, smoke, uh, smoking the band and check out the cannonball run. Chad. All right. Uh, I'm going to save all of, well, this is kind of a comedy, but it has drama elements into it. I'm going to save most of my comedy road trip movies for the honorable mentions. Uh, this came out five years ago. Um, it's a really good film. It's on Netflix. Uh, the Fundamentals of Caring uh, with Paul Rudd, uh, Craig Roberts, and Selena Gomez. Uh, it's a good movie. It's uh, actually directed by Rob Burnett. Rob Burnett, if you know, he is mostly a television producer. He produced... Uh, late night with david letterman uh so uh, he it's one of his few ventures into directing uh, it's a great movie it's about a man who's a caregiver uh he's actually just starting to be a caregiver he has a lot of tragedy in his past which you find out from the movie i don't want to go into it hopefully you'll check this one out uh but he he uh takes a job to caregive for this teenager who has this uh this uh genetic disorder which basically he's immobile he can't move uh, for the most part, he has some mobility in his hands and his neck. That's about it. Um, and after a while, after he, his, his mother leaves, the boy convinces him to go on a road trip. And it's all about them on the road, them getting to know each other, them running into adventures, uh, getting to know each other. Then there's also, you know, it has all of the elements of a typical road trip comedy drama. There's, there's the conflict, there's the resolution, there's a bunch of people, there's, you know, a lot of funny moments in between. Uh, it is one of those movies that does tug at your hearts, especially if you're a father. It has some of those pieces in it that will make you cry. Uh, I just, you know, it was like I'd just been a father for two years. So it came out at that right time where I was like, you know, just getting the grasp of being a father. Um, so I highly recommend it. Again, it is it's not I, I, I had my original list and it was straight comedies. And I edited it down and I was like, oh, well, I need to put some, and each one of my mine has a different element of my life into it. So that's why I picked this one because it is a drama. It has all the elements of, you know, that has, that I have kind of evolved into in my, 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 my love of film. So highly recommend checking it out. It kind of came in under the radar and it's one of Paul, not one of those movies that Paul Rudd's known for, and it should be. 
because it does display his range. He's not just a comedic actor. He does have he does have a wide range, and I hate him for it. <laughs> he also doesn't age. He's immortal. He's yeah, a Highlander. He is a Highlander. Come and if they Connor ever McLeod. remake, if they ever re- decide to remake Highlander, he should be in it. <laughs> well, they've been trying to for years. I keep they have with, yeah, all the... but you know they can't come up with a plot. <laughs> Actually, I, I, the allegedly. I'd have no proof of this, but allegedly a script leaked and it was basically the first film, but they left it up, wanted to leave it open for a sequel where it made sense. So after he won the prize, he goes into a bar and everybody he killed is there, including Ramirez, who trains him, who goes, oh, that was just the first trial. And I was like, that's worse than the alien thing. <laughs> if I watched the entire movie, it's like, oh, that was just a trial run before we do the real battle. I, I was like, "What? No, don't do it into that." And way. Joe, how long? How long was? How long did it take to film Cannonball Run? Thirty some days. Thirty some days. So there's Cannonball Run. The fundamentals of carrying was shot in 26. So you can see what you you can do with 20. And now that's today. And there's not a lot of car explosions. Not a big cast. It's a very small film. I've but uh, this whole this whole film was shot in 26 days. There's so, no small films, just small people, Chad. Yeah. Highly recommend fundamentals of caring. Yeah, there's no small roles, just the small people who play them. Petty, <laughs> petty little people. Petty yeah. little people. Backstabbing like, little like, bastards. Like All right, is. gentlemen, any last words? Any of the ones you want to give a shout out to? Uh, you know, I, I, I want to mention two things, and I won't go off on a lot of them, but uh, I think, again, I know we're doing y'all did films i did a couple books in a film but i also want to mention there was one television show that was basically a glorified road trip or journey i guess a road show um that stuck with me as a kid and i cannot think about going from town to town without thinking about this and that would actually be bill bixby and the, the incredible hulk where he had to go from town to town he never could settle down I joke about it all the time, and even Family Guy makes allusion to it. You know, that hitchhiking song at the end. Oh, wait, Bill Bixby was the hitchhiker? I love that show. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, I'm glad, Chad. Uh, Thanks for joining the conversation, Chad. Anyway, um, (laughs) but yeah, so that's not what I would consider a traditional. It probably doesn't meet Chad's definition (laughs) of a road, uh, a piece of road fiction, but it is. Yeah, because he's never really in the car. He's just there. He's sometimes (laughs) in a car. There's some episodes where he, some. they pick him up in a car. But so that's another one, and it really did have a big impact on me. I also wanted to mention. So would Highway to Heaven be a road trip show? I never saw it. Was he, Did he get angry and, and gain power? I don't think I've ever seen an episode of Highway to Heaven. Either. I saw the Seriously? opening credits because it used to come on after so. something I watched, and then uh, we changed it. Like My parents didn't even watch it. Not parents. Um, that was one of the shows my parents actually made me watch, and I got into. No, that was, they, they I made actually made watched Dallas. Now, that's a prequel to Touched by an Angel, right? Oh, God, Touched by an Angel is so terrible. I've never seen an episode of that either. I, I have. Now, I've Touched by an Angel, by the way, for those that don't know, was the, the Christian version of Ghost Whisper. I've made 15 people angry in the past five seconds, and I couldn't be happy. And if I'm not mistaken, the Saturday Night lineup was Dr. Quinn, uh, uh, Touched by an Angel, and then Walker, Texas Ranger. I was going to say, I, by the way, what's funny I about that lineup is 
my parents watched Dr. Quinn. I don't know what the competition was, but we must have watched it. But then they would flip back over for Walker, Texas Ranger. So <laughs> that tells you a little bit about my upbringing. I wanted to mention, by the way, and we could probably do an entire episode on this, but I wanted to at least mention one road song, keeping this pop culture f- uh, focused. And I wanted to give a shout out to, because it does reference a lot of road films, including, or in road fiction, I should say, because one of the lyrics is, on the road like Kerouac, uh, Asleep at the Wheel by the Bloodhound Gang, which as like I said, it's a lot of, talks about taking lots of no-dos and caffeine and drinking black coffee to stay awake so you could drive. You could also argue um, No Sleep Till Brooklyn by the Beastie Boys and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So as we're talking about road, I wanted to throw those out there because those are almost stories in of themselves. And I do, I'm in my car quite a bit sometimes and I'm on nine hour drive. So that is the type of stuff I listen homeless. to. Uh, and, well, I mean, right now, um, no, but it could happen. Uh, fate can befall all I of mean, us. I mean, an angry lover kicked him out. I mean, I wouldn't say angry. Probably dissatisfied. Sure, sure. Now, it is pre-coitus. <laughs> angry, no. Dissatisfied, disappointed, suicidal. Sure. My, maybe I caused all those Premature things. coitus. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you. that means what you think it means. Well, okay, and there's a couple I left out that, and one of them I wanted to put it on there, but it's truly a movie I've seen that I love. is directed by Frank, or I really like. It's directed by Frank Capra. It's it's happened one night and one. Fi- I mean, it's it's Claudette Colbert and Clark Gable, and he's trying to he's a newspaper guy trying to track down an an heiress and get the story. And it won five Oscars, which it took years and years for another movie to do that. But it's you. Some people say that is actually the first road movie. It's a good movie. It's Frank Capra. Of course, it's a fantastic. You should check it out. It's just not something I naturally go to. What about you guys? Now, a couple that I do naturally go to or do do like. One's Bonnie and Clyde, and the other one would be Faster Pussycat Kill Kill. Really? No, I don't go to it. I was going to say, really? I couldn't imagine you getting into Russ Meyer. I don't. I I don't at all. I like scenes. I think some of it's funny. Yeah. I actually like the documentaries about Russ Meyer. Russ Meyer is one of those people who's like John Waters. With the exception of Serial Mom and uh, Cecil B. Demented, I actually prefer John Waters to his actual movies. I would love to hang out with John Waters. I think John. Well, Waters, I, I will agree with that, but I, I will agree with that. But I, I have to add Serial Mom to that list. I just said Serial Mom and Cecil B. Demented. Yeah. Oh, I thought. I'm sorry. I thought you said something else. Yeah, Serial Mom and Cecil. Thanks I, for joining the conversation again, Chad. <laughs> I'm Drain sorry. That. I was over here doing this other podcast. I got, I, I got, I've got one foot in another podcast, and this other one's over here in a banana peel. <laughs> Jesus, I really thought you said something else. <laughs> Meanwhile, Chad Jennings, you can Cecil be demented, I, except for those two. I, I don't care for Crybaby. I know people out there are going to yell at me. I'm actually uh, not yeah. a huge hairspray fan. You could, but you I can follow Chad's other podcast, Talking Wings, where he talks about different flavors of farm, uh, different flavors of chicken wings. This week's garlic parmesan. Tune and in. by Man. the way, hey. John Waters' book about traveling and hitchhiking, you should check that out. That is a road book, like James was talking about earlier. He does two versions. He does the actual lie as part of the book, and then you read what actually happened when he hitchhiked from Baltimore to his apartment in San Francisco. 
which he really did to make this book. I won't uh, real quick. I right. forgot one honorable mention that if I don't mention, I'll kick myself later because it is. And we talked about it last. You are really bendy. Um, uh, yeah, you'd be amazed. I can. I, I I do okay for myself. Why did your ex lawyer ex lawyer ex lover lawyer? That's funny, James. It's funny. I didn't mean to say lawyer, but because of your, uh, yeah, true stands when the world falls. Coitus. Um, the Pretty Muppet movie. Coitus. The Muppet movie is a great road movie. Yeah, it is. As a matter of fact, the fact they throw back into it in the recent one, how are we going to do this? How we did it in the eighties by car. Car. Anyway, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. All right. So uh, these are all, all of my honorable mentions, and some of these are really pain me not to put them on the list. But um, the first one, Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. That's a good one. It, I love that movie. It is. It's a. I wouldn't say it's it's at the top of my Kevin Smith favorite films. Of course, Dogma and, does, and Chasing Amy come before it. But. It does meet all your requirements because they're traveling over the end credits. Yeah, they don't stop. Oh, they and, stop when they get to the studio, but I wouldn't yeah, bring but, it up. No, 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 but at no, the they end, do stop. Every, every, every road trip movie, it's all about getting to a destination and then something happens at the destination, Joe. <laughs> well, but at yeah, the end, he's, so th- then that would be Dumb and Dumber. Oh, man, but that, that there's a lot there at that 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 chunk of that but movie. two-thirds of the movie is about them getting to aspen yeah i know but i mean again it's just it that seems like a small third portion of, of that. Bob takes place on this set yeah but I, anyway i consider it a road trip film so anyway <laughs> a road uh road movie your head's going to explode uh, i also are going to be man what is how much are they on that studio that's miramax yeah <laughs> That is uh, the other really one. The Max other one's clockwise. Good. I love clockwise. I and it's not clockwise with John John um, Cleese. I've never seen it. Oh my god! You need you you need to see clockwise with John Cleese. It is amazing. It's just such. James, it's him. It? I, I have not seen it, but all I can say is, I oh my god, guys, so much. I will only watch counterclockwise. Oh shit! You beat me to it. Seriously, clockwise is on Amazon Prime. Both of you watch it and let me know what you think. It according to in, the smart calendar assistant that frees up your time so you can focus on what matters. <laughs> if anything, for clockwise, watch it till the very end when he finally snaps. It's amazing. Clockwise is, I wish, now I wish I would have brought that one up. I thought you both had seen it. Oh, he's a comprehensive mm-hmm. school headmaster, which is funny because he really did go back and teach at his alma mater for a couple of years. Yeah, Clockwise. And if you all have not seen, if our audience has not seen Clockwise, you need to take it, check it. It's a, he, is a, he is a schoolmaster who is obsessed with time. Everything has to be exactly on time and on schedule. And he's actually receiving this award and he has to get to the location and then a series of events prevents him from getting there on time. You need to watch it seriously. Sure. It's only an hour and a half guys. Watch it. Um, I've mentioned this a few times, but everything is illuminated is a great film directed by Lee Schreiber, Schreiber um, starring Elijah Wood. It was, I think it was Elijah Wood's first movie after doing Lord of the Rings. It's a great film. Um, 3,000 Miles to Graceland. I didn't know if that really fit into the road movie genre because they don't, it's not a whole lot on the road, but I, 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 I felt like mentioning it. Uh, God Bless America. We've talked about that one, Bobcat Goldthwaite's film. Um, and then uh, finally, and then uh, before I mentioned my final one that it really hurt me not to put on this on my list, 
I want to talk about breaking the rules. That's a uh, fits into the uh, three for the road. Uh, 1992 starring Jason Bateman, uh, Jonathan Silverman, and uh, C. Thomas Howell, and then Ann Potts. Uh, it's about a, a, one, a friend who's uh, this man who's dying of cancer, and he has to, he convinces his two friends to go on a, on a last road trip with him before he dies. And it's all the adventures that ensue on that road trip. Um, and then finally, the one that I wanted to mention, but I kind of, it was my number one on my list before I edited it down, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. That for me was the ultimate road trip film for me as a kid and part of my teenage years and a little bit as an adult. So love Pee-wee's big adventure brought us Tim Burton, brought us Paul Rubin. And by the way, I, I, I should apologize to my high school freshman English teacher. I apologize for leaving the grapes of wrath off of my book list. That's a, that's a road picture. Oh my God. Yeah. I have read the grapes of wrath. And and you really shouldn't read that book while you're traveling back and forth and your father's in the hospital. Back yeah. yeah, it's not it's not it's, what you would call now the entire it's scene not a feel where, good film. The movie the, the I, entire scene, I may it's been a while, I may misremember, but where there's been a miscarriage, but they, they want the, the one mother to keep being able to Well, yeah, she she feed. whips out her boob and feeds the guy who's dying from her boob because she miscarried. That's actually yeah. Louis C.K. had a whole bit about people don't remember that's how the grapes of wrath ends that's how the book ends well i mean it has that great speech though which the movie does really well well the movie concentrates on him on the jones and specifically tom yeah on tom jones is what the movie concentrates on the and, and he is not an insignificant character in the book but there's another hundred pages after his story's played out yeah it's you get it's about the, the whole family yeah Steinbeck writes about the whole family and I get why the movie and the movie is one it is it's fantastic it's almost said Henry Ford Henry Fonda and everybody remembers that great speech from Henry Ford about how unions are going to kill this country anyway but Henry Fonda is wonderful in it and everybody remembers that but the books it is the book but it isn't it it, it just concentrates on him Jode it's not Jones it's Jode, Jode it's Jode I was going to say, I was wondering what you were doing because I was like, that did not sound right. No, it's a joke. It took me a second. You know, and there's a bunch of other ones we could have talked about because some people would argue like Near Dark is a road movie. Um, Natural Born Killers. It's not a road movie because Chad says it takes place in a... I don't really feel like that's a road movie. Seriously, I don't. I'm, I'm just saying some yeah. ones that, that, that I know will get kicked back on. I could be a smart ass and argue with you, but actually I, the problem is, is they kind of stay right around the same little region. Yeah. But should we mention, and just simply because the talent that's in it and the fact that it was Academy Award winner, right? Thelma and Louise. Thelma and Louise is a road it's, movie. Yeah. No argument there. Plus, I mean, all the ones. Hold that, on. It's uh, not a road movie because they both die. So does that mean does that disqualify Dirty Mary and Crazy Larry too? So that was an argument that I got into Christy with when we were talking about Vanishing Point. She's like, I was like, well, I don't really see, but Vanishing Point is him trying. Kowalski is trying to get somewhere. Is it a road movie? But I feel that it belongs to an even more slightly esoteric little group of seventies. They're going to die at the end. Road movies, which we could do a whole episode oh, yeah. on. The doomed generation of road movies. Right. I mean, D- Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry, Vanishing Point, and the and the lead 
folk have to always die at the end because it was the 70s. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Chad, have you watched Wild Strawberries yet by Bergman? No. Okay. I know you said there were a bunch of Bergman movies. Yeah, I haven't got to them yet. Some people argue that that's a road movie, though. I don't. Yeah. It's it's, it's more the more journey of the. Really? I doubt it. I don't know. I always tell I don't people, even know where you'd find wild strawberries. Well, I never understand that berry and apple picking. I thought it's because I grew up in a holler and you had to go on the strip job to do that and you have to watch out for copperheads. It wasn't really a actually pleasant once experience. again, once again, listeners, if you've not heard of hanging with Dr. Z, Joe, you just reminded me of an entire lot. He goes off on a thing going, Oh, he's he's interviewing Janet Barney and he goes, You and me, we should go apple picking. You know, that's where you go out and do somebody else's job. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. And you pay them to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, if that's it, this has been Bonehead Weekly. If you have things you want to argue with us about, please use our social media. Grrrr. <sighs>